like these days, you have to see your, whether you're a plumber, electrician, it don't matter what you are, you have to see yourself as like a content creator who does taxes or a content creator who does plumbing or a content creator that sells tacos or a content creator that, that X, mm-hmm. right? Only because like, like even if somebody just was trying to just sell cafe de olla or 59 mm-hmm. and hopper, like it's like, okay, well, how are we supposed to know that not, not to go to Dutch brothers and go to you or like, you know, there's Dunkin' Donuts on every corner. Like how are we, why are we supposed to even know that you're even here? Yeah. It's like, you got it. Tienen TikTok. You know, like panaderias now, dog. Like, oh my. <laughs> panaderias got to have their Instagram game. Like, yeah. I mean, that's like a whole career that, like, people that do like social media management or marketing and all that to be able to help companies be Googleable yep. or, or SEO optimized search engine and your keywords and, oh man, uh, yep. your, your sales vehicle and, <clears throat> Like there's people that like, like the like surgeons, uh, dentists, uh, the BBL surgeons. Like they all got to have a, a pinch of Snapchat, and it's like, oh, follow me for more tips. Yep. What it do? Y'all ready? Go hard podcast. It's going down. It's your boy Chingo Bling, the Ghetto Vaquero, the Red Four Play, the Tamale Kingpin, the Versace Mariachi, the Masa Messiah. Chingo the Nobody's Way. Anyway, let's start the show. Yes. Welcome back to Go Hard Podcast. I'm your host, Noah, as usual. Man, we have a very special guest here today. You may know him as uh, Tamale King. You may know him as Chingo Bling. You may know him as... El Rey de Foreplay. <laughs> man, let's give it up for Chingo Bling, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And the crowd goes wild. <laughs> Can you hear yourself good on that? Yeah, it sounds great, brother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty, I'm kind of deaf on the right ear, but yeah, we, I sound good. Do you have like one of those... Uh... Earwax? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Chingo Blade, man, I got to ask you, what do you think about the setup? Oh, man, I love it, bro. I, I sent pictures to my wife. Uh, there's a lot of cool stuff behind the scenes y'all don't get to see. So uh, this is where the magic happens, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Bro, TV magic, aquí, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, hey, it's an undisclosed location, so don't be trying to, <laughs> don't be trying to figure out. And pinpoint where we at. Hey, so tell us, um, what do you got going on right now? Oh, man, I'm on tour. I'm a stand-up comedian, for those that don't know. Um, I'm getting back on my music, too. Hold on, hold on. Tell us about your bio. Give us, like, what you got. Um, you know, you're a stand-up comedian, you're artist, rapper. In the beginning. Um, damn, bro. I-, I be doing so much. So I have several podcasts. Make sure y'all look into those. Um, if you like politics, Red Pill Tamales, that's the name of that one. Uh, what did he said podcast? Um, I got my boy Javi Luna, comedian with me, and we, we just had ESG. That one dropped today. Nice. So a lot of artists and comedians, and just it's just fun, entertainment, nothing political at all. And then my wife and I, we have a Cafecito Time podcast. So we go live on YouTube and Facebook, and then I grab that audio, and we put it on the uh, you know Spotify, Apple, all that. Yeah. So uh, Is that more for like relationships or what? Oh, uh, we just or che- like what? What is it mostly? Gossip, cheese man. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> nah, we, literally, it'll just be like uh, everybody loves cheese man. I mean, sometimes my wife she'll go off about like the educational system, like can y'all Ooh. leave with these schools and these districts, and or it just be something random, like um, talk about pan dulce or talk about like oh we went to the rodeo. Oh, what'd you think? You know. Yeah. So just, just kind of like people that listen. Um, 
you know, they hear the conversation and kill time. But uh, anyway, I do stand-up comedy too, man. I'm on tour. Um, I, by the time this drops, I'll probably already be in these cities. But um, like we got Fresno, California, March 23rd. Merced, California, March 24th. I don't know if, you know, I'm sure y'all listen for all over the place, man. Um, Visalia, California, March 25th. After that, El Paso, April 6th or the 8th. But just hit up my website and you you can check it all out. I've seen some of them. So what, what tour did you come back from, right? I think we just did Odessa. <clears throat> I think that was the last one. How so, was that like? Oh, man. It, anything Texas, bro, is going to be next level, extra good. Really? Yeah, I mean, people show out. Uh, also, uh, we're doing House of Blues this year in Houston, the big room. What date? I can't. I, I can't oh man! Okay, so right now we have June sixteenth on the books. Okay, but there might be a slight conflict, so uh, that might not be the final date. But uh, like other artists are booked there. Other artists are booked there. What? Um, I, I forget the reason. My 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 wife is here. She's going back and forth with the venue, and you know sometimes you got to move stuff around. But uh, that's major because I haven't done Houston in a couple years, you know, uh, at least a year, at least a year, uh, maybe two. But um, but yeah, man, music, getting back on my music stuff, collaborating, uh, knocking out features, uh, working on some projects. Uh, me and that boy T, we got a few songs. Who? That boy T. Okay. We got a few songs um, uh, for a project, so we need to just put the finishing touches on that. But yeah, man, just juggling, you know. So, the todo way, YouTube, todo way, you know, anything I, independent, anything from just having like a regular type of career. So I gotta ask you, when you did, when you do the um, that podcast with your wife, mm -hmm. does that connect you more? Like, do you feel more connected? Or uh, you know or what? Like, how, that's, that's how a great, is that? That's a great question, bro. Because um, that's a really good question because you know, I mean, we work together and we live together, so it's like. We together a lot, you yeah. know. So you would think like, well, damn, y'all together all the time. Don't you think y'all already chit chatted in the car, or, or you kind of figured out some things? It's like honestly, man, that, that's a time when we do cafecito time. Sometimes you, you know, you learn stuff about each other, or you might. Eh, I didn't know that about you, or you might say something about growing up, or yeah, or something like a pet peeve, or I'm like, damn, I've been with you all these years. <laughs> So you already do drink cafecitos, right? Ah, uh, we're coffee addicts, and um, I actually put out a um, it's called Red Pill Blend. Uh, you can order it. Uh, we did a collab with a Grind, sorry y'all, Grind Ops Coffee Co. And uh, it's delicious, bro. Mm. It's deli We drink that. We got it. We got it stocked up. Not only do I not only do I sell it, but I make sure to have. I'm I'm basically like. You know how they say never get high off your own supply? Yeah. Like, I be drinking just as much as we sell. Damn. That's so, the problem. So you be, you. Well, not maybe you not, not as much, <laughs> but like at least one tenth. Yeah. Like every 10 bags and stuff that we sell, I done drank one. Damn. So I'm, you know, so they got, I'm an you, addict. You think they got a, the best coffee? I mean, I wouldn't say like the best, but the guy, Top tier? Aaron, who, um, who, uh, who runs the company, he had sent me some samples so we could figure out what collab, what it was gonna taste like, and uh, he was like, "Man, I'm I'm working on this one right here. Let me let me throw that one in there, man." I said, "This is it." So, and he told me too. He's like, "Those actually cost more. It's like a a premium, mm. something about the coffee game, you know, something yeah. fancy about those uh, coffee beans." 
Yeah, you. So my favorite coffee is um, Café de Olla. That's my like my go-to one. And where, where where do you get yours at? So it would have to be. Damn, I'm gonna get some game out right now, man. So it's it's gonna it's off of a hopper in '59. So you buy just you just walk in, you just get one cup. Yeah. Okay. Hopper fifty nine. Hopper right. fifty nine. It's called a, uh, I forgot the name. Damn. Ah. It's just it's a it's a, like a mom and pop small small little store. So it's like a restaurant. It's a restaurant, yeah. And they serve coffee there, cafe de olla. What other stuff like food? They have like eggs. they got food, tacos, yeah, gorditas, tamales, whatever. It must be pretty legit if they have cafe de olla. Yeah, that's like a dead giveaway. Yeah. And uh, Noel conveniently forgot the name of the place. So um, yeah, sorry about that, guys. So yon yon. I put it. So I'll, I'll put it in. Right here, the description. I put the the name of the place. I promise, I got gotcha. you. But um, so tell us, Cafe de Olla is a shit, dog. <laughs> well, hold on, but you like the other one though. Yeah, I know, but Cafe de Olla is gangster because um, so I think when the first time I had it, man, I think maybe the first time I had it was like in East LA when I used mm. to, when I used to stay out there. There was a restaurant, and it was off the chain. And then my wife would make it at home. With the, have you ever made it at home? No, never. With uh, they use a uh, piloncillo. It's like a little, it's like a little chunk of melted brown sugar. It's just a big old piece of candy. Basically, they throw that in there. Cinnamon sticks, um, anise. Like it's like what do they call that? Star of anise. It's like some kind of what is that, bro? Spice. You ain't got like a. You listen to Rogan? Yeah, I, uh, you, you got, some Rogan. You got like a J- Johnny can be a Jamie and Google some some stuff right now. <laughs> it star, it's called Star of Anise. It's okay. like a spice or something. Anyway, when we were in Odessa, when we were done uh, with the show the next morning before we had to head home, we found this little bitty shack of a restaurant. And, um, psh, bro, official. They had green chilaquiles, red chilaquiles. They had a sopa azteca, a pozole menudo. Damn. They, they had um, tacos de birria, quesabirria. They had ca- uh, café de olla. Oh, what is it called? Uh, here I go. <laughs> let me let me pull a Noel. Um, yeah, I texted somebody. I'm not from Odessa, so it was like something we looked on the, the Google Maps or something. It was like mm. it was like Chile Limon, something like that. Off the chain. We'll drop it when he when he went. We'll drop it down. They're not sponsors, but they should be. Yeah, for sure. Huh? No, no, no. What what you talking about? What are you you googling something? Like that? Oh, is that the name of the restaurant? I think so, yeah. Mm. Limon. Damn, Johnny came in clutch. Yeah, I was just playing, bro. You don't got to Google everything. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so tell us, man. What, so what did you do before that? Before Dessa? The one before Dessa? Ah, uh, man, it might have been Corpus Christi. I got it right here in my notes. Um, let me see. Yeah, man, you stumped me. Uh, we move around so much, man. We go to so many spots. Um uh, bless, bless, bless with a lot of work. Nice. Sometimes the travel sucks. You know, that's the... Really? Uh, oh, yeah. It's it's annoying, bro. That's got to be the worst. Okay. Naples, Florida. That was before Odessa. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what's been the hottest one you've done? Like, what's been the one that's like... The one like you're... Oh, man, I would never... I won't forget that place or... Have you had a moment like that? Oh, uh, there's a lot of cool places, man. A lot of cool moments. Um... You know, I mean, when when it comes to comedy, sometimes some of the best rooms aren't even like the biggest or fanciest. Mm. Because sometimes the vibe of like you might be like in Raleigh, North Carolina. There's a comedy club, uh, Good Night Charlie's. It's called. Um, 
in Portland, Oregon. Uh, I think it's called, damn, I think it's called, uh, shit. It might be called Helium. I, I don't know the name of the club. I've done it a million times. But uh, it's like the main club in Portland. And it's like low ceilings, you know, um, cool stage. Uh, DC, the DC Improv. It's not even huge. It's actually in a basement. The mm. Washington DC Improv. But you feel like Dave Chappelle up there, bro. Because, really? Because it's so intimate. Anytime you see they put the chairs and stuff like right up on the stage when the people are right there, I mean, you just feel the laughs. And then when you do cool spots like um, the Ector Theater in Odessa where like the green room is official, like it's a brand new, they renovated an old theater. Uh, it's just like A1, like the lights, the smoke, mm. um, the audio, the... It's like beautiful, immaculate. The the dressing rooms, bro. You just feel like. So do you feel more like more connected to people when you do those? Well, I no, no, not more connected because there's um you're on a bigger stage, and then the people are like, you gotta like it's almost like a, I don't know if they would call it like an orchestra pit or something, but like basically the first row mm-hmm. is still way. Oh, okay, got you. They're not right up on you. Oh. And with comedy, bro, like, you could just roast better. <laughs> I mean, you could see them. You could roast, you know. Like, the Addison Improv in Dallas. Yeah. That's one of those, bro, where, like, they're just right there. And it's low ceilings and the last. That's the worst. <laughs> the worst places is outdoors. Why? It's like crickets. It's like those same jokes that had had people falling out, like peeing in pants. Like, oh, my God, I saw you in South Padre Island, bro, in that little bitty room. Oh, my God. Man, that lady was finna. (laughs) That lady needed a bladder replacement. She was laughing so hard. And then you do them same jokes, like in an outdoor type of setting. And it's like, oh, damn. Go think about your life. Damn. Yeah. It's like, do you still want to do this? You (laughs) You start doubting yourself, bro. You ever doubted yourself when you were on the stage? Oh, in the beginning, in the beginning. What year was that? Uh, in stand up, man, I've probably been doing stand up about seven or eight years. So, damn, you do the math on that. And then, of course, in the music game, I, I, that's a great question. Um, in the music game, bro, that's what that's that's the era I knew you from. To, to yeah, be yeah, honest, yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I heard you at the Ostrich um, Boots ones. You know, the mm-hmm. ones that many people know. That's the era I grew up listening to, mm-hmm. you know, I, I know you from, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, that's why I'm on this podcast, bro, so you can let people know I do stand-up, too. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, doubting yourself in the music game on stage. Sometimes what will happen is in that era, in not necessarily like the Ostrich Boots era, but like more in my music days, before I discovered that I could do stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. Before people start to see more of me, like, oh, wait, this dude does characters or like, because TikTok wasn't around when I started. Yeah. MySpace wasn't around when I, YouTube wasn't around when I started. I know I'm dating myself, (laughs) making myself seem old, but, uh, but hey, I am. Um, It's all good. Yeah, it's all gravy, baby. You know what I'm talking about? This ain't number wisdom right here. (laughs) So, so basically, um, in the music game, when you're, when you're dealing with, um, promoters in in certain towns and you know sometimes it's just kind of janky yeah you know what i mean where it's like you start to get discouraged because like 
it's not even necessarily your fault. It's just the people you partnered with, in essence, anytime mm. you get hired by somebody, the people you partnered with uh, don't really know what they're doing. Yeah. In, ter in terms of taking the audience member's uh, perspective, right. like the fan experience. So if they put you last after, well, you do go on last, but like if it's too many openers, right. somebody started a fight, uh, you know, some chick ran up. So it's pretty much things you can't control. That. Well, you kind of can by by handpicking how 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 you're gonna do your lineup. Right. So, for example, in the comedy game, we control the entire show from top to bottom. So when people come to our show, pick your favorite comedian because mm. if you might like Javi Luna went on before me. You might like Midnight who hosted the show. Yeah. You might like Bryson Brown. Like that's fine. I ain't even gotta be your favorite. Um, but that's how good the show is. Yeah. It's like, bro, because sometimes, bro, people like to show up late. Be, I, tu, carnal, what time do you go on? I'm going to show up when you go on because you're the one I want to... <laughs> it's like, it, not the way we do our shows. The way we do our shows, bro, like, you don't want to miss none of it. You yeah. want to get there, especially when you do like an improv comedy club. You ever been to any of those? I, no, I haven't. Check it out, man. Uh, the Houston Improv. Uh, I'm not going to perform there this year, but... House of Blues, though. House of Blues. Yeah, Boom. I'm going to do House of Blues this year. But everybody listening, the Improvs are really good at what they do in terms of bringing good talent uh, and making sure the fans have a great experience. So, so to everybody listening, if you've never been to a comedy show and you attend like a a good quality show, not some little random open mic at a cantina somewhere. Yeah. Like, no offense. Sometimes there's talent there, too. But it's not the right ideal environment. Right. So, so if you go to like an improv, boom, you have already having drinks, candlelight dinner. Your date is happy. Mm. Um, you know they're playing music. It's dim. The wait staff is helpful. You might get roasted. Uh, not really. I think the ones that get roasted sometimes if you're doing too much. Oh, like the chicks that want attention. I know that's right. And they trying to be all in the mix, and they are, eh. and they're like, "Hey, ya señora, like, damn lady, you over here trying to show off your BBL." Yeah, uh, you know what I mean. Like, man, some people just want attention, or, yeah. or boom, you setting yourself up. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> all right, so going back to the era, did you were you ha did you have a record label? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, everybody in Houston got a record label. <laughs> I mean, I love being independent, so yeah. And I, I have done deals with, with majors, but that turned out to be a headache. Yeah. Uh, so yes, absolutely. So you recommend anybody who's watching that maybe is an artist to go independent? Would you recommend that? I mean, nine times out of ten, but there's exceptions. And um, I don't know everybody's situation. Like, just because I had headaches and everybody I know that's ever dealt with them people had headaches. Oh, damn. Um, that doesn't mean that somebody else... Might be like, well, you know, it's good for a t for a time, and you do you can do it for a little while, or you can give them a couple albums. Like, there's always little little transas, little shenanigans on how to finesse it. But um, you know, I mean, I, I'm sure if you listen, like, have you heard of uh, Donnie Houston podcast? Donnie Houston, damn, sounds familiar. So I just I just discovered theirs, just like I discovered yours as well. You record his podcast? Oh, damn. Oh, you work with him? Golly, look at this. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, so basically, um, I know a lot of the people that he he's interviewed. And I'll give you one example. 
um, Donnie Houston interviewed uh, Hump from Sucker Free Records, and he started Sucker Free with with Lil Flip or mm. for, for Lil Flip in a way, right? Uh, he was basically like Flip's men, uh, Lil Flip's mentor, and he was like the the behind the scenes, the the business guy, the management. So when I was a college radio DJ, this is a long time ago. When I was a college radio DJ, I had Lil Flip in studio. They were going to be performing in San Antonio, and that's when I first met Hump. And Hump had his briefcase, and he was like the the guy behind the scenes. You know, uh, he was older than Flip. He's more like the big big brother, big homie type of situation. And as I was finessing my college radio gig into trying to put my foot in the entertainment game, mm-hmm. um, you know, I stayed in touch with, like, a lot of record labels, right? I was hustling. I was trying to make sure that, like, I had a connect, and I knew somebody at Rec Shot Records or at Southwest Wholesale Distribution. Like, I was out there, you know what I mean? Right. Try, trying to interview artists and stuff. So, so long story short, um, I, I witnessed firsthand how organized Sucker Free Records was. Like, if you called the office, somebody picked up. Wow. And they were super attentive. It was like Hump's sisters who they'd be like, hey, oh, hey, it's the guy from uh, the radio in San Antonio or whatever. And they'd be like, or I'd be like, hey, where the fellas at? Like, where, where you know what I mean? Where's uh, flipping them? Where are they at? They're on the road. And then she'd be like, oh, that, you know, the fellas are out there in the, in the Midwest, you know, they ain't Ohio or something. Like, just kind of you get as a as a college radio DJ, that little relationship goes a long way. Right. And then um and then I'd be like, hey, you got any um t-shirts or posters I could give away on there or or send me some new music, send me some vinyl. And I never forget this story where they said, um, well, the only wax we have right now is for his next single and it's a test pressing. This is kind of like what they shipped us to approve and it's not like the best quality. And I was like, I'll take it. <laughs> and, and this is why. They didn't know that that's like a collector type of item. Like, if you get a hold, like as a DJ, radio DJ, college radio DJ, anything like that, especially for me, just a Houston rap fan, you know, and I, I wasn't yeah. an artist really then. But to be like, yo, I'm about to get the test pressing. I'm like, <laughs> oh, damn, let me hurry up, hang up, for they change their mind. But anyway, my point is that um, I don't even know how I got on the subject. But anyway, <laughs> it's how go. I have no idea what you asked me. But <laughs> the point is, yeah. it's cool to hear stories from like G-Dash from Swisher House and this is what happened dealing with Asylum. I think you were asking me um, about record labels. Yes, and do you recommend being independent? Well, you get to hear firsthand, bro, Hump from Sucker Free Records, bro. He literally told the story of how Sony Records was trying to kind of like divide the artist from the label, oh. the one that groomed him and developed him and and, and all those relationships mm-hmm. and that whole network and built him up, the brand and everything, on top of, you know, Flip's talent and, and hard work, of course. And um, and basically, as the, the split was kind of starting to begin, they gave little Sony Records, Gave Lil Flip the game over beat. The oh, pack, the Pac-Man. Yeah. Game yeah. over. Flip. Yeah, yeah. Flip. Game over. Classic. <laughs> okay. Now, now, after he goes on to sell millions of records, oh, look, a lawsuit. Especially, at, I think, at that time, Hump was trying to audit 
Sony Records to be like, hey, man, let's look at this accounting, see who owes what. And they're like, oh, look, lawsuit. It looks like the company that owns the Pac-Man game is suing you. It looks like it equals the amount of what we owe y'all. Damn. And then who owns that? That uh, I think it was called, uh, I forget the name of the video game company. But like, the video game company that owns Pac-Man is owned by Sony. So basically, Sony said, here go a beat so I can sue you. And I ain't got to pay you nothing. Damn. I'm, it, big bank take little bank. They sue you with your own money. Wow. There's all kind of stories of, of just stuff. Like I remember, that. I remember watching that uh, music video on BET when it first oh, came out. Game the, over. Yeah. You remember? That's crazy. Yeah, it was just amazing to see like what they were able to do from the grassroots, just from like mixtapes and like that whole era. Mm-hmm. That whole era was amazing, bro. I seen you do a, a song with Bo Bundy. Yes, sir. How was that like? We, we did like two. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bo, hit, holla at me, Bo. Bo, if you're watching this, man, hit me back, dog, because uh, we got to do some more music. Uh, mm. I, I need you on my project as Ooh. well. Uh, but shout out to Bo, man. I've seen clips on YouTube where uh, it might have been this show, but like where people ask him, like, man, what's it like meeting Chingo or working with Chingo? And he always speaks highly of me. So thank you so much. I respect him. That uh, one was uh, El Chino. That's when I asked El Chino. Oh, yes, El Chino. I know, but Bo Bundy, too. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, Bo Bundy, too. Um, you know, always show love. Uh, so we did one. We No, we did two songs. We did, mm-hmm. um, he named one track, Cletos Cumbia. And then we did another one, that Uno, Dos, Tres, I to Watch. Yeah, yeah. And Froggy, then Jump, Little Sapo, Chingo, Blingo, with the Big Tamarindo. Quien es ese chico <laughs> with the Platinum Mosico. Yeah, it was fire. It was a fire track. Thank you, dog. Yeah, I, I love that track. Tamales went viral, top of the charts. You ain't got to wait till Christmas. I'm whipping in March. You come up with everything? All the way. Everything's right here. In my head, bro. You know what I'm saying? Freestyle. <laughs> Put it out of thin air. <laughs> you start freestyle on the podcast or what? <laughs> we go hard. Yes, Ooh. Mm. <laughs> Hold up, Watts. Hold up. <laughs> All right. So I'm pretty sure, like I, like I told you before, I'm pretty sure everybody knows you about, you know, your rap, you know, your rap career. Um, you started comedy seven years ago, right? Mm-hmm. About seven or eight. Mm-hmm. Seven or eight years ago, what have you learned from? What have you learned throughout the journey of of a uh, of co- your comedy career? Man, I learned. I learned comedians <laughs> make way more money than rappers. <laughs> I'm just playing. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. Uh, I love the comedy game, bro. It's really it's really cool because you just get to talk shit. You know what I mean? Be yourself. Mm-hmm. Be transparent. Make fun of yourself. Like, talk about your family. Talk about your life. And and I believe laughter is healing. So people really, a lot of times people be going through stuff, man. I know I've been there. Mm-hmm. I went to see Fluffy uh, in Beaumont uh, with my buddy, uh, and I was having a bad day. That day started. Muy malo. I mean, yeah. it was primer impacto. It was bad. <laughs> it was bad, bad, bro. I was like, how the hell am I going to jujitsu my way out of this situation? Yeah. And um, long story short, man, I got toe up. I got drunk. Uh, I was hungover. But I had never seen Fluffy live. I was like, man, he's just going to tell fat jokes, bro. <laughs> he's just going to do a whole bunch of fat jokes about cake. And I, I, this ain't, this is not going to help me. You talking about fat jokes and chocolate cake is not going to help yeah. you. And guess what? It, it wasn't all fat jokes. It wasn't all about cake. And he was hilarious. And 
you know, I'm not going to sit up here and be like, he healed me. But, uh, <laughs> but man, he- I felt better. I Just from laughing a little bit, you just got, I got like a little bit of hope and just like, man, you're going to be all right, bro. Let's just, you know what I'm saying? Nice. And and then afterwards, uh, he invited me backstage and he really had chocolate cakes back there that fans brought him. Really? So they really be bringing him cake. He's like, man, I did a joke about cake one time. Now everybody keep bringing me cake. I, I seen one of his Netflix series, and I heard about that. So that's that's true then. They, yeah, they really be bringing him cake. Damn. And then he's like, man, let's go on a tour bus uh, with all the uh, comedians and stuff. And um, I wish I was doing comedy back then because I'd be like, man, put me in the game, bro. But I, I that wasn't even in my head. Long story short, it was like two tequila shots too many. Damn. And next thing you know, I'm like, hold on, man, let me do the let me do the cheers. And and I start doing some like southern preacher impression or something. <laughs> and then after that, I knew whatever I drank was like mixing. And I was like, all right, I feel like I'm about to just like black out. Yeah. I was like, hey, fluff, uh, psh, I'm out. Peace. And next thing you know, I'm in the IHOP restroom trying to throw up. Damn. You heard his latest, I mean, you seen his latest one that he did in, I think, in LA? At the Dodger Stadium one? The, yeah. No, I haven't watched that one. Hey, that was, I think that was, he had just um, broke up with his ex, he said on on, on show. Um, well, when the woman he broke up with his ex, that's that's been a couple years. Uh, I don't know which. Nah, it was the one with the Dodgers one. Can you name a joke? Uh, was it the one when he met um, Snoop Dogg or when he met uh, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin? No. I, I think that's the last one I had seen. Mm. Was that the one where his mom passed? Nah, I think that one's older than that. Oh damn! You ain't been keeping up with, with yeah. I haven't, I haven't <laughs> been keeping up. But I, I seen I seen the one he did at Dodgers. It was huge. It was like it was a sold out show. It was the, one of its biggest shows he's done. Oh yeah, Dodgers Stadium. Yeah, that one was major. crazy, man. That was a that was I, when you watch the when you watch the show, you just get so in tune with it. Like you, I mean you, I mean I, I started crying. Oh, yeah. nice! It was oh, yeah, it was bro. it was actually a really good wow. So it must have show. It must have some meat and potatoes to it, like <laughs> like what he was saying. It yeah. Wasn't oh, just, for sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, a shout out my boy Rick Gutierrez. He's a comedian out of San Antonio, and he put me up on game a lot. Uh, he schooled me on a lot, and he um he rose with Fluffy, and he watches Fluffy's back too. So he always gives him pointers about like, man, that's a good joke. Move this around. Boom, boom, boom. And um and one of the things he taught me. And I'm pretty sure him and Fluffy have had this discussion. Is a thing called uh, I think it's called pathos. You might want to look that one up, Johnny. I think it's Greek. Uh, you heard of that shit, pathos? Uh, basically, bro, what what Rick taught me. It sounds like that's what Fluffy, what you experienced with Fluffy, which is basically like there's emotion, there's yeah. like there's meaning, there's a there's a there's something in there where you take the audience. Can you say what? Yeah. Damn, I don't know about pity, but it's a quality, a quality <laughs> that evokes sadness. Yeah, and uh, it's like a I'm, psychological thing. I think it's like um, I guess so, but I think a lot of times it's used in like theater and like performance and uh, art, especially. In, it, I think it's rare mm-hmm. in comedy, but it's a tool you could use to make your show more dynamic. Where it could be like, damn, I didn't know that about the da da da, and a lot of times, even when you take the audience on that emotional path, a lot of times there's a payoff still where there's still like a big punchline. Yeah. And it's like, oh shit, it wasn't just sad. Who's the who's the guy that goes on tour with you? 
that been going on tour with you? What's his I name? I got a bunch. Uh, mm. Noel ain't heard of me since Asher's Boots. Damn. That's why he's a little... Damn. That, oh, there's a bunch, bro. Uh, Javi Luna, Midnight, uh, Bryson Brown, Juan Perez, um, Israel Garcia. There's a bunch of dudes. Uh, in California, Jerry Garcia. Jerry Garcia, I heard of him. Jesus Sepulveda. That's the one that was on... Uh, on uh, Netflix, right? Mm-hmm. I seen your Netflix series. Okay. okay. Yeah. yeah, that was when I was first starting. Yeah, that was f- really. That was just beginning. That was fucking. Oh my god. I, I mean, I turned Andy, it down. Bro. I turned it down. I told them no, at first. What do you mean? Like basically, I was dealing with a production company called Me Too. They have like an Instagram page. They do a lot of stuff, but um, but they also had like the production standpoint uh, department, and they were like, "Hey, Chingo, we want to work with you." Do you mind if we start pitching your name and trying to see if we can get a project going so we can co-produce it? I was like, all right, go ahead. I'm going to just keep focusing on what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, hey, you, we see you're doing stand-up. Could we maybe mention that um, maybe this project could have some you know, some stand-up in it? And I'm like, sure, go ahead. Ain't nobody going to tell you yes. Because I'm just so used to like people not knowing what box to put me in you know what i mean like anytime i deal with a record label too they'd be like we don't know how to market this dude what is he yeah right what's going on is he funny is he silly like is they do they take him serious like is it all like with the cowboy hat and the boots or what do we where's the rooster you know what i'm saying (laughs) what 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 are tamales you know yeah so anyway i said all right yeah whatever i wasn't gonna be like hey bro you know i'm just starting right i just assume ain't nobody gonna tell you yes i was just Sometimes in this game, bro, you get jaded and you get used to just rejection. And a lot of times that's why you just like to do stuff on your own because sometimes people don't get it or whatever. Right. So anyway, they ended up hitting me back after a little while. I guess they went making some calls, knocking on some doors, their sales team. And they're like, um, hey, man, uh, so we spoke to Netflix. And I'm like, mm, okay. <laughs> and <laughs> right, I'm like, motherfucker, I got Netflix on right now. <laughs> that ain't shit. And and they're like, and they're interested. I'm like, okay, cool. And they want to do something. All right. And we got the green light. I'm like, okay. They're like, you should probably sound more excited. So you, they gave you the and speech. What do you mean? And this. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, by the way, right? Always about the way. And they're like, so they want to do your comedy special and i'm like i was like bro that's cool but i'm not ready for no comedy special i was like i'm just starting stand up i was like man and i told him straight up i was like i know a bunch of comedians that probably deserve it more and they're probably more ready or something like that so i started giving them names wait like, so you're gonna tell me you sold yourself short on that i sold myself short ladies and gentlemen what? I-, I was not going hard that day well, you know why, bro? I didn't want to disrespect. Like- I didn't want to disrespect the game, and I I just respected the. I was willing to be patient, and I was willing to wait my turn, and I wanted it to happen organically. I guess, I guess I was more concerned with like, man, it's probably just doubt. Like, man, it's probably gonna suck. You you barely learning, bro. Like, who do you think you are? What do they call that imposter syndrome? Like, who the hell you think you are, bro? You you can't cut the line. So anyway, so I was like, yeah. I got these other people that could do it. I was like, Jesus Trejo. Like, I know all these people. Jerry Garcia. All these people could probably do it. And um, and anyway, what they say, um, he's, they're like, oh, bro, come on, man. Because they had probably worked hard trying to seal the deal. And then they had hit me back, like, a few days later. They're like, look, bro, this is, oppor- look at it like this. This opportunity to get our foot in the door 
to be production partners with Netflix, and then sky's the limit. They're right. like, that don't mean the next project got to be stand-up again. And then I was like, all right, bro, that's a good point. So you persuaded me with that one. I said, that's a very good point. I said, how about this? Let me include some other comedians so they could do some time, and it's more like I'm the host, kind of like um, how Martin Lawrence hosted a Deaf Comedy Jam. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I could do that. I was like, I could see myself doing that. You know, people... You're the headline. Well, basically, like, it's not... I don't. I felt like formatting the show that way, it wasn't such a crazy mental leap of like, wait, 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 Chingo Bling? It's almost like if they said Snoop Dogg dropping a stand-up special. It's right. like, no, I could see Snoop Dogg Presents, right. which he did, by the way. Uh, fucking funny. He has uh, Cat Williams, Mike Epps, and all them on there. So I said, look, let me host it. Let me bring out the comedians, let me greet the crowd, do a couple jokes, and then we'll do skits, and it'll still be chingoed out. It'll still be right. on brand. And they're like, all right, bet. Let's let's see if they approve. And they say, yeah, so we did it. Damn. Mm-hmm. So what was, like, so when, did you think you were going to mess up, or, like, did you think you were going to, like, say something wrong, or, like, why did you doubt yourself so much, man? Like, I mean, I was, when you first starting a stand-up, bro, you're trying to figure it out, and it's like, man, you don't want to have no half-ass funny, like half funny. Like, I just really, I just felt like I really wasn't ready. But uh, all in all, um, I think the product was great. We still own it too, so that's great because we licensed it to Netflix. Oh, nice! And then their their uh, license expired, so now we can probably get jiggy with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, hey, you never know, man. You might see it on my Facebook and YouTube, but. Uh, you know, stand back, stand by, and y'all be on on the lookout for that. Stand back, stand by. So, the <laughs> okay. So when it aired on Netflix, mm-hmm. the, do do was there money involved? Like, do they say hey, we're gonna pay this much money? They pay for the license. Mm. So they they through they, through I am through I am you right I am I you or whatever. What do you mean IMDb? No, no, no. That you said there was another label. Uh, oh, me too. Me too. I'm sorry. Yeah, me too. M-I- M-I-T-U. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they paid the license to us. Me too. Yeah, to us. Got yeah. you. So we uh we co-produced it, uh, co-own it, and um so yeah they paid for the license and then of course we sold tickets, we sold tickets and that went towards the production. Nice. Um. So yeah. How so? How did you feel like when you're on stage? Did you feel like I feel I, I feel great because we own it. That's really the boss's move of the whole thing. Like not only are we on Netflix, but we own it. Yeah. So so. It's like we rented it to Netflix. Yeah. And, uh, that was the best part because I felt like I didn't um I didn't sell out. I didn't let them screw us over. I stuck to my principles and we, and we did it our way. Mm-hmm. And that's like that's just the H-Town way. Like bro, if you can own the intellectual property. So okay. They you own it, right? If somebody wants to get on Netflix, how would they be able to do that? Uh, there's this restaurant on Hopper and 59. <laughs> they got a Cafe de Olla, and we don't know the name of it. <laughs> so as soon as you think of that name, <laughs> i give you my recipe. Nah, uh, honestly, bro, I do not know that. People ask me that. Really? And I'm like, I don't know, because Me Too dealt with Netflix. Like mm. They're the ones that had somebody probably on their sales t- team. that They're all based out of L.A., Yeah. but guess what? The game is moving to Texas. So not like think about this, bro. Think about, for example, um, what a lot of people think of when they think Mexican American 
a lot of times they don't think they don't think of of us mm-hmm. from Texas. You know what I'm saying? They think of like oh like cholos. You yeah. know, cholos from Southern California, like, hey, orale, and they got yeah. the, and they got the thing up here, and it's mm-hmm. the folks and these kind of shades and these kind of tattoos and this type of lifestyle. And they shop at this kind of place, and they it's like food's gone wild, and they wear these kind of pantuflas, and they wear gloves and <laughs> or whatever. And it's like not all of us, because there's Mexicans in Wisconsin, Milwaukee, New York, Homestead, Florida, Lakeland, Florida, Immokalee, Florida, like Memphis, Tennessee, Nashville. Got some Mexicans. Like mm-hmm. we we are all over the place. Oregon Mexicans, uh, Yakima, Washington, Mex- Seattle, Mex- <laughs> we're everywhere, bro. Why you think I've been touring nonstop for 20 years? Nonstop. Yeah. Because, hey, man, we want to bring you to Omaha. Hey, man, you ever been to Wichita? Hey, man, Oklahoma City got a comedy club. I mean, and now my fan base isn't just Mexicans either. I think it was more so like that in the past. It was like mainly. But, uh, but anyway, uh, I-, I got off subject because you asked me like, how the hell you get on Netflix? But my answer is, was this. The game is moving to Texas. Mm. And everything you've seen, uh, ex- maybe with the exception of like the Selena movie, but all the imagery is, is, when it comes to like what they think of as a Mexican-American, all that imagery has been created out of Southern California media companies, Hollywood, and television. So if there's like some crime show hey hey get on the floor SAA why what you talking about dog yeah yeah and, and you're gonna see that on New York Undercover Law and Order or or all these shows mm-hmm. all these movies Blood In Blood Out American Me all name a movie it's gonna have some bandanas uh colors I mean it don't ever be a movie based like from a, a different perspective but um but anyway it's a, it's amazing how like these little subcultures get distributed globally just by the fact that, hey, that's how it is in Southern California, mm-hmm. okay? That's where all the movie studios are. That's where the companies are. That's where the offices are. That's where the agents are. That's where the acting schools are. That's where the theaters are. Like that whole infrastructure is right there. And finally, it's starting to kind of spread out right and break up a little bit so that you can have different people writing different scripts and different actors doing different acting. Why is that, though? Why do you think that is? Why are they They're getting out of Southern they? California? <laughs> Governor Newsom, COVID, freedom. Uh, they couldn't eat a cheeseburger inside a building. To, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Hey, la torta to go, cabron, to yeah. your house. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't Even know. Even California you- is crazy, though, man. I'm sorry to break the ice, but taxes are high. Mm-hmm. Cost of living's high. Everything's high in no freedom, California. No, no rights. No freedom. I mean, I don't want to say no freedom, but like... Yeah, yeah limited. Mm-hmm. It depends. I guess it varies county by county. And right. I think we saw... I think a lot of people realized it when uh, the pan... Air quotes. The lockdowns. When the lockdowns happened, that's when some people were like, hey, wait a minute, man. Why are they being so strict with us? Yep. You know? But some people, bro... You could try to tell them. You could try to lead the horse to water. You could, like some people, not like some people still think that the entire country still got to wear masks. You know what I mean? Yeah. But they don't know because they some some people don't even leave their hood. Some yeah. people don't leave their hood, much less the city, much less the state. And it was amazing to see a lot of my California friends who do comedy. 
it'd be like during the lockdowns and uh and they might be like landing in San Antonio. What's up, dog? How was your flight? They're like, man, man, bro, so like y'all the restaurant's open? Yeah, yeah, it's open. We can go in there. <laughs> Damn. Damn, you don't gotta Oh wow, there's no plexiglass or like, wait, wait, you Where's the mask? Hold on, yeah. dog. Put your, put your mask on. Like, bro, we good. That's yeah. Shit. Y'all ain't got COVID out here. I mean, I, some, I guess the cases. I don't know. <laughs> if you turn on a certain ch- news channel, they are gonna have a number up top, and then when their guy wins, the number's gone. You yeah. don't see the number clicking no more. Yeah. <laughs> it's psychological, bro. It's yeah. Like, it's all like yep. Los traumados. It's just like boom, boom, boom. Uh, uh, uh. You're gonna die. Uh, yeah. Fear, fear, <laughs> fear. Do what we tell you. The government. Oh my we- God, the fear is a big thing. They they feed fear into us so much, especially with that. That's, that's how the news is ran off of fear. You know, clicks, like algorithm. Alg- and, yep. and you know what they did too, bro? In California, during the lockdowns, they the skate parks they uh, bulldozed sand into the skate parks, so you ain't no skating. Uh, the basketball hoops they put like uh, two by fours and chains and. Uh, stuff like that, can't hoop, uh, everything. I mean, even in Houston too, man. Harris County got out of line, playgrounds and stuff, caution tape. Yeah, everything shut down. They want you in your house. They don't want you to get sunlight. They don't want you to get oxygen. You know, crazy man, yeah. crazy. Nope. Anyway, you done got me started though. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I seen an FJB flag on somebody's house when I was coming up this way, and I'm like. Oh, it is down the street. I was right like, here. yes. Right I was like, man, that's my kind of house. <laughs> it's right here. It had the whole F word on the yep. front door. I was like, oh, yeah, they know what time it is. Yep, that was down the street. Shout out to him. Shout I, out to the neighbor. I almost wanted to knock on the door and be like, man, let's talk about how they're trying to turn America into a third world country. <laughs> we, we'd have had a whole podcast right there on the front step. For real. Yeah, it's how, there's, there's whole neighborhoods like that, though. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to have to move out this way, bro. Yeah, for sure. Because I'm in Harris County right now. Ooh. Yeah. You was talking about taxes. It's like a little California, bro. You talking about taxes and Oh my God, bro. How- crime. I feel like we went off kind of subject, but man, taxes went up so much so much this year. Even like home taxes. Property taxes. Property taxes. Mm-hmm. Crazy. And then uh, you know, they send you the paper in the mail and it's like, Do you wanna make time to come argue with us? You know, it's like <laughs> or like companies send Stuff in the mail, like, hey, you want us to go argue for you, and we get a cut for what we save you, yeah, or whatever, yeah, 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 <laughs> but yeah man, they, they stealing catalytic converters and all kind of stuff. Oh my, you heard about that? Oh yeah, Houston, Harris County got it all, bro. Has it happened? Like that hasn't happened to you, huh? At first, I ain't know what a catalytic converter was, so I was like, we. Cool. A lot of people didn't. I was like, we cool. We don't even drive a Cadillac. We cool. <laughs> Nah, a lot of people didn't though, for real. Did you know that? A lot of people don't know what that is from the exhaust. I don't know. I ain't know what it was. You still don't know? I, I know it's a part on your car that they stealing. So it's a part. So it goes on your exhaust, uh-huh. a muffler. Uh-huh. And then it's part of that. So it cleans out like the air coming out of the engine. Mm. But they have like nickel. Copper or something. Cop, uh, not, not, not copper. They have like nickel. Um... These all these precious metals in there, and they would crush it. They make like a lot of money. And you know what? Precious metals. That's where it's gonna be worth more than a dollar. Like probably. Oh yeah. Like, get you some gold. The way this, <laughs> the way this country is going well, for they're, sure. They're inflating the money, bro. They printing too much. They giving it away. They printing it. They sending it all to Ukraine. It's trillions. Every day you look up, bro. It's like new budgets. 
13, 17.5 yeah. It's like, bro, y'all, it's all, it already had a bubble in it, and you keep printing more and you yeah. inflating it. And La Raza, bro, sometimes, bro, my people, we be the, some, some of the most hard headed and gullible. How you gullible and hard headed at the same time? <laughs> you believe in everything Jorge Ramos tell you, you believe everything. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's facts, though, dude. Like, no, ese señor se llama Beto. No, he's buena gente. He cares. He, yeah. gets, he cusses. He gets all mad, and it's yeah. like he wants to take your guns. Pues he, hey. Dale. No, pues he's, his, his name's Beto. He's like, he's Mexican. The other guy, he's not Mexican. It's like, ay, pinche gente. Ay, raza. Hard-headed. Oh, my God. You gonna make my blood pressure go. Man, see, I, hey. I, I done took a step back from my political show, bro. Now, here, here we go. Man, what happened to it though? Nah, we still do it. It's just um, I was just getting burnt out, man, because all the all the every, backlash or um, that kind of went away. I don't know where my haters at, bro. Like for a second there, I was catching all the arrows. Man, you forgot about your people, man. How dare you? I not, remember that. Yeah. How dare you not like Kamala Harris? How dare you not? You turn your back on your people because you don't like Joe Biden. How you? How you turn your back on your people? Yep. I'm like. So you're telling me I'm not gonna lie. Hold on. Whenever you did that, I was like, "Damn!" Like I, I remember I like Chingo with the night with the ostrich boots, but now I like the political side of Ch- the Chingo. I was like, even more. Yeah, for sure. See, that's all you had to say. That's why I'm here. No, I'm playing. <laughs> I, I didn't know that before I agreed to be on the show. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, I'm curious, like, where all my haters went? Like, yeah. I think what it was, bro, is at that time of like that. 2020 election. I mean, I had never voted that way in my whole life. I, I had voted for Obama and everybody else. Mm-hmm. I didn't know no better. And um, it's the uh, I think that year, people were put under so much psychological stress. Like it was just a psychological operation. I mean, everything from marches, protests, riots, uh, George mm-hmm. Floyd. I mean, I mean, people were just like they. People couldn't earn a paycheck. A lot of people couldn't. Couldn't earn a paycheck. Couldn't go to work. Couldn't have a job. Weren't considered essential. Had to stay home. Couldn't go get a cheeseburger. Scared to go to the grocery store. I mean, scared of your neighbor. Uh, politically divided. They painting this one man as Hitler. Like, he's, he's racist, all his speeches. And it's like, you listen to the speech, and it's like, well, all he said was, we got to educate the kids better, and we need to stop having so many wars, and they spending too much money, and uh, how about we do some Middle East peace, and how about we do no new wars, and how about we fix the economy, how about we bring jobs back? I, I didn't like him at first. I thought he was, I was like, man, he hated all Mexicans, bro. He, yep. he, I mean, I was Mr. They Can't Deport Us All. My Netflix special was called They Can't Deport mm-hmm, Us All. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I dropped an album. All album, kind of, 2007. All kind of, all, yeah, all, Boom. All, kind of, all kind of stuff. All kind of stuff. So when I realized that the media was lying, when I was like, wait. So what, what opened your mind? Like, you know, because I feel like a lot of people, they're so narrow-minded about things. You know, they, they don't open their mind or they don't either do their research or like actually really put into thought or to their lives. What what opened your mind to like to that? Uh man, it was I think it was during like um during like the pandemic and the lockdowns where I started hearing different perspectives of like um I mean, you just start peeping game mm-hmm. right? where like somebody might look at the obvious and say, Hey, so we should really look into where this virus came from. Like, was it manipulated? I know some of this stuff, bro, we can't even say on YouTube. That's how Yep. Yep. I mean that to me is like a, a a red flag. Like, 
But anyway, for those of y'all listening, I'll, I'll, I'll tread lightly. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I started noticing how, like, it was some things were being pointed out to me, like, hey, you know, this was a hoax. Or, like, hey, you know, he never said drink bleach. I'm like, hey, yeah, he did. He got on TV, said, okay, go back and watch it. We're going to put the light, it's into the UV light, it kills the virus, We're gonna right? You need a doctor, right? Dr. Bergs, you need a doctor. They put a tube, you're going to have to go to a doctor, and they're going to pump the light, and, it, and the UV light kills viruses. Light is a great disinfectant, and it's like, oh, wait, because he said disinfectant. They're trying to turn it into him saying bleach. Oh, he said they got to put the, the light in the body through a tube. They made it seem like he said drink. Mm-hmm. So, so him saying put a tube... Shine the light, kill the virus, somehow got turned into profit, clickbait, division. It got turned into, he said drink bleach. Right. Oh, we're here. He said drink bleach. Anyway, once I started seeing how, like, video can lie, just because you see something, like, they frame people all the time. All the time. I mean, I feel like I got framed with that whole situation. But I'll give you an example. Uh, George Lopez. I talked about that whole thing. On my podcast, on one of my podcasts, um, and Ralph Barboza is, is a buddy of ours. He's based out of Dallas. He was already blowing up. He was already winning competitions. He was already like on HBO. I was on a show with HBO uh, with him. Uh, it was called um, The High Festival. We filmed it in San Antonio. So he was already paying his dues, mm-hmm. being funny, earning his fans, building his fan base, little by little, killing it. it was like. I think at that point, before the whole George Lopez fiasco, his clips were all anything anybody would upload on YouTube with Ralph Barboza with one of his jokes. It was just like three million views, a million views in a month, hundred thousand, boom, two, three. You go check. I seen him on TikTok. That's the first time I seen him. I mean, boom, star on fire, boss, 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 killing Mm -hmm. it, funny. So everybody already, a lot of people already knew about him. So now, George Lopez, who I'm not. A fan of his politics, right? Mm-hmm. I'm already not a. I already pick on him a lot yeah. on my shows, so I, so it's gonna sound like I'm defending him, because in a way I am. <laughs> so, if you listen to the episode with with George Lopez interviewing Steve Trevino, where Steve mentions Ralph, you get if you listen to the entire podcast, you might get a sense of, oh wait, TikTok told me that George Lopez went out of his way. To bring up Ralph just to break him down and to pick on him. Mm-hmm. And it's like, La Raza's like, no, pues it said on TikTok. And it's like, I'm not even a fan of George Lopez like that. But even he was kind of framed in that situation. That's why when Andrew Schultz asked Ralph Barboza, hey, bro, how you feel about it? He's like, honestly, bro, I mean, I heard the episode and they were just shooting the shit. And he was, you know, they, seen that, yeah. they drinking. Because I heard the entire context. Right. They brought his name up a bunch of times. You know, there's a lot more to it, but um, anyway, video lies. There's always a different angle. There's all like La Raza needs to learn this shit, Mexicans, because I didn't call you hard headed and gullible at the same time. We need to like when you're presented with a piece of a uh, video that's like, oh, the smoking gun, compelling, oh my god, because somebody could take this episode and splice up everything you said about Cafe de Olla and turn it into something else. They just cut, 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 cut. They can cut. say uh, the Nosavo kid likes Café de Oya or some shit. Or not even. He hates Café. He hates. Oh, yeah. They'll, they'll figure out a way, you know, to, to twist it up. And they'll and they'll put a headline on it like that. Like, yeah. you know, Go proud, yeah, proud Nosavo kid, you know. Yeah. He, you know. Yeah. 
<laughs> the leader of the No Sabo Kid Alliance. Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, somebody made one about me, a clickbait video. It said something like, uh, like chingo bling, like some. It was I forget what word he used. Uh, it, it, it's a word that means like, like turn your back on your people. But it was like mm. something like, uh, not chingo bling rejects la raza. It's like chingo bling something la raza, like rejects or yeah, turns his back something. Yeah, and I'm like I just want. Cheap gas and strong economy, and and don't send the kids to war. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> I seen a clip on uh on your IG. You were talking about no Sabo kids or something like that. Were they talking about you? Who I don't know. It's on, my Instagram. Yeah, it's just on your Instagram. Ruined, it says no Sabo. No, it was like no Sabo. Yeah, was that a comment or or like? I think no, 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 no. You know what? I don't even run my own Instagram. Uh, oh, now he don't run his own Instagram. No, nah, I'm best with you. <laughs> no, seriously, that's why it's so good. Everybody listening, here's my commercial for my that, Instagram. No, that's why you. There's they whoever runs your Instagram posts killing a lot. It. Oh, they they're killing, killing it. it. They're killing it. They post I, a lot, dude. It was driving me crazy because I was just wanting. So shout out to my boy Juan Perez. He like directs me. He like sits down and says, hey, man, today you're going to be El Mamado and we're going to do this. Or today you're going to be Tio Juvet, we're going to do this. Or, hey, oh, okay, bro, nice. or, hey, the people want to see this. Or, hey, we should do the. Hey, you want to do some voiceovers? Canelo, I, yeah. I got some voiceovers ready for you. That's content. That's money. Yeah. Instead, it was like me being like, like I'm good as being the talent. I might not be good as like running the shit. Oh, I got you. Like, so if it were just me. That's all be, good though, man. Like, oh no, it's great. Yeah, so it's, so mean, thank God for him because this shit was driving me nuts. If it was just me, it'd have been like, look at this shit. We done sent ten more trillion dollars. This is gonna come out of your kids and your grandkids. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, yeah, I'll yeah. turn into the old man. Uh but let I, me ask you this question. Mm-hmm. Is it an issue like being a Mexican American? I know in Spanish. What do you mean? Is it is it an issue? Do like, I think it's an issue? Yeah. No. Uh, you said being Mexican American. Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, you American. That's the thing, man. Like, I feel like, I feel like Latinos, we we paint ourselves in a corner. Like, one great thing that came out of all this like political outrage, how dare you want a strong mm-hmm. economy, is that for one, a lot of my ghetto fans, I I got them up off me. The ones that are gonna get you headaches at a show. The ones that don't know how to act. <laughs> the ones that are gonna complain. Ah, mm-hmm. how much for the ticket? Okay, <laughs> okay. You was gonna disrupt the show anyway. You was gonna yeah. be late and acting a fool. And it's twenty twenty three, dog. People mm-hmm. don't even dress like that no more. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like I feel like Latinos uh, and even Mexican Americans specifically. A lot of times we have the burden. Big word right there. A lot of times we have the burden of having to trying to please everybody, keep it real, know this, know that, be Mexican enough. It's kind of like that scene uh, in Selena where Edward James almost like, we're Mexican-American, we have to be more Mexican than the Mexican. It's exhausting, more American than the American. It's kind of like that, what I'm trying to say. But like, for example, um, I want to give you an example of like a group of people. um, Let me just, let me tell you why I say that. Okay, go ahead. I just released a podcast, right? Mm-hmm. It had like 70, almost 80K views on YouTube. Nice. On one episode? View. One video. One video. Was it a short? It was It was an hour and 20 minutes. That is, bro. Yeah. Congrats. Mm-hmm. Appreciate it. And I had a translator mm-hmm. 
translate to the guy because he could he didn't he didn't speak no English. Who'd you have? Uh, his name was Static Dad. Mm-hmm. He had like beef with uh, his son or whatever. It was like a big. Uh, he had some with his beef in the truck game. They do giveaways. Oh, they do. Okay, okay. The trucks. Okay. So I had a translator translate for me to him, so he would say it in Spanish to him. Then when he said it in Spanish, I, under, I understood 100% of what he said, mm-hmm. 100% of what he said. It was just hard for me to use big words yeah, yeah, yeah. to communicate with him, mm-hmm. let alone he didn't know English, right? Mm-hmm. So in the comments... They took his side. Yes. <laughs> they said like, oh, no Sabu Kid podcast. Yeah, 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 he don't know yeah, yeah. Spanish. He doesn't know like, he needs to learn Spanish. Mm-hmm. You're in, he, One said... uh. You're embarrassed. I mean, you should be embarrassed for being Mexican and not knowing Spanish. You should be like, I'm American. And I was like, well, I, like in my head, I'm like, why are they so worried about that? You know what I mean? Like, they're worried about the wrong thing. You, you know, like. Uh-huh. African-Americans don't have that burden. <clears throat> Do they have to walk around? They have different burdens. Yeah. You know, they have to like be upset if somebody says a certain word. Mm-hmm. Like, they have to be a certain amount of angry if somebody uses a certain word, right? Right. Um, but nobody goes up to like other, I mean, I don't know about other immigrant communities. Maybe that's like a common thing amongst, mm-hmm. amongst immigrants. But like, you don't mind your business. You don't know if somebody's first generation, second generation, third yeah, generation. Yeah. You don't know how somebody grew up. You don't know who raised somebody. Or um, That's like me getting mad at somebody because like, what you mean you don't know all Tupac albums? <laughs> and it's like, bro, I didn't, sorry, I'm not old. Like, yeah. I don't know all the Tupac albums. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times too, bro, the internet and comment sections, it's just a cesspool yeah. of ignorance. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was flooded. I had like five hundred comments, like just full of like I mean, not all not all of them were hate. Mm-hmm. Some of them were like, hey, good podcast, good this, good that, good this, you know? Most of them were most of them were love, but there was just those comments were like, but man, I'm gonna be honest with you, I could care less. Yeah, great. You know? Like that's just one of the burdens that we put on ourselves and each other. Like, we got enough stuff to worry about. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I, first of all, like, identity politics. Like, anything that's, like, too identity related. Like, when you start to look at people as your ethnicity first, you miss out on what you could have in common with other people. Like, I might be, I might be in a room where, like, I'm gonna give you a super random example, but like I might be in a room with like, like uh, you know, five sixty-year-old black women, mm-hmm. and they might be like, "Y'all might not know, but shit, we might have like I, I might like that same gospel song you like. I might mm-hmm. have jammed it this morning, or or whatever. Or I might be in a uh, with some other jujitsu parents, and they might be white males or something, mm-hmm. um, or they might be a Hindu." We don't all got to have the same religion. Like, Rasa be so closed-minded. So we gullible, hard-headed, and closed-minded, amongst other things. And, yeah. we, and we put these burdens uh, on ourselves. And um, the reason I get so hype off this stuff is because, like, a lot of times we don't even want to have a conversation. We don't want to hear someone's reasoning. We don't want to have a dialogue. Uh, a lot of times people just want to jump the gun and be like, like I like for example, um, I forget what year it was. It might have been the pandemic year when everybody lost their minds, right? So this is when George Floyd was happening, Vanessa yeah. Guillen was happening, lockdowns and politics. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, we gotta vote for the old guy because the other old guy is racist. Yep. And little yep. did y'all know, y'all voted for the racist. Yeah. But anyway, 
dummies. For <laughs> Big dummies. Enjoy your World War Three. Enjoy your inflation. For <laughs> uh, when we turn into a third world country, enjoy that. When a dollar is worth nothing, when it's no longer not even worth the paper it's printed on, you're welcome. You played yourself. And you're going to wish you bought crypto when I told you to. Well, yeah, I guess I, should, I probably need a little bit more crypto. <laughs> but um, I was just talking about like, at that era, that time, mm-hmm. that time, mm-hmm. it was like 4th of July, and me, my wife, and my kids, we just, I mean, we love our country, bro. We love this country. I, I'm, I'm, in, I'm making sure that my kids, like, aren't going to be disrespectful to this. We the, we the number one country in the world. Like, the idea of free speech, and I know we're not the only ones with free speech, but, like, Second Amendment and, like, you could make it in America. Think about how many minority millionaires and you know all this yeah. stuff about race, 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 race. Mm-hmm. It's a hoax, bro. It ain't even like that. They just want to keep you scared and confused and divided. So we posted a picture uh, in our backyard at, at, at our previous house mm-hmm. all 4th of July, like red, white, and blue. Because number one, my wife loves Party City. She loves props. Mm-hmm. She loves costumes. She loves dressing up. And she loves holidays. And she just likes celebrating. Right. Especially stuff for the kids. Like, we're going to go do a pool party. Mm-hmm. We're going to pop fireworks. It's 4th of July. We might have a picnic. So it was just a family photo. Red, white, and blue stars. Like, tank top, blue. Like, a hat. And, you know, glasses. Like, you know, mm-hmm. chucheria chingaderas. <laughs> and... The comments, because it was 2020 and everybody lost their mind. They're just like, you turn your back on your raza. I never want to see you ever. Everybody, I'm talking about, that's why you need to post more about this and why you don't. And this country had slaves and how dare you. This country's bad and yep. there's systemic oppression and this is, we're apartheid. And, and you have those colors. You know what they did to the Indians and you wearing stripes mm-hmm. and, and stars? Bitch, <laughs> get off my chile. Get off my limon con chile. Um, I, I seen it. Yeah. And that's why I no longer run my own social media because I would literally sit there and be like, you little disrespectful. Like, oh, yeah, you know, drop a location. You know, I, I, I'll get ghetto. <laughs> yeah. But it's so sad that they tricked y'all into hating the number one country in the world, the country that your parents probably like risked life and limb to make it to. Yeah. So, then we got off way top. <laughs> That's what I do, bro. You know, marijuana helps with that. Nah, it's, <laughs> it's all good. Let's get into some pop questions. Sass. Some Q&A real quick. Um, Chinga Bling. Simon. in and out or Whataburger? I got to go with the home team, man. Even though Whataburger kind of, uh, they be falling off sometimes, bro. I don't know if you had a bad experience. You must have found a good one that's always fresh. Whataburger? Yeah. You ain't never had no bad experience. It don't ever be half-assed. Mm-mm. Okay. It's always hot. It's always hot. Yeah. It's always good. Oh, yeah. Okay. But wait, but this is a question for you, not me. Yeah, but still, I mean, maybe it was just... What do you think? What do you think? I mean, a lot of people hate on In-N-Out just because, but... A lot of them say the fries, though. The first time I had their fries, it threw me off. <laughs> and you know why they're like that, though? It's because they're fresh. At yeah, first, I was like, potatoes, yeah. I was like, what is this old styrofoam ass? This is weird. It's like styrofoam. And then I saw them in the back with the papa through the machine. I'm like, oh, I'm not used to that. <laughs> yeah. I'm using that bag by the freezer. Yep, yep. So, yeah, Whataburger. I got to go with the home team. 
Whataburger. Mm-hmm. Now you making me hungry, though. Damn. Grilled jalapenos. DoorDash or what? <laughs> uh, Starbucks or Dutch Bros? You know what, bro? I don't think I've ever had Dutch Bros. You had that a lot? Mm-mm. No? You've never even had yeah, that? Yeah, I have, I've never had Dutch Bros. I had uh, Starbucks, so you're obviously. Asking, you're asking me stuff that you don't. Nah, because I mean, <laughs> did you Google these questions? <laughs> nah, it's just what's 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 uh what I see on the road, you know. Ah, yeah. Where are you going? And you see Dutch Bros. They got- um, they have one in uh Spring, okay. the Woodlands. I like it up here, man. Montgomery County. Mm-hmm. See, I'm gonna go with Starbucks because that's Harris County. Okay. <laughs> it's so ghetto, though, man. He sometimes, bro, like. These Starbucks be having so many homeless people and stuff, yeah. and I'm out on. Hey, so uh, when you so you coming to Montgomery, huh? I want to. Um, the only issue is, like my whole fam, like damn near all my family lives like on the south, like Pearland type mm. of area. Like my 14 year old daughter, but uh, we're on the north side. My wife and my two little ones, we're on the north side. Um, but Montgomery, I, counties. I never used to pay attention to counties, bro. Counties is everything. That's gonna dictate your taxes yep. and your crime. Yep. Especially you taxes. got a smart man right here. <laughs> Favorite food? Ooh. Um, it might, it's gonna sound like I'm pandering, bro. But you know, tacos. I see it's the burden. You know, I have to say something Mexican, bro, because you know what I'm saying. It's say just, what you want to say, man. No, nah, I really do. That's, oh, okay, that's okay. It's like it's like, if, <laughs> like, like like there's stereotypes. Like if uh. Other minorities got stereotypes, and it's like, you're afraid to eat that food, and it's like, but you know you like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I thought it was a pretty dependable. All right, your favorite music artist right now? Ooh, right now. Either underground, local, mainstream. Man, you know what, dog? I, I, it's going to sound cheesy, bro, but like I, I, I'm, I'm up there right now, just some of the stuff I'm cooking up. Mm. I'm knocking off some of the rust. Let's go. Um, let me think. There's so many. I go down, and they got to be new. They got to nah, be like whatever you want, man. Whatever, whatever you're listening to right now, or dude, I get into like producers. Uh, nah. I don't know. Did I? I, I don't know. Something you could jam to, maybe. I jam so much stuff. There's so much stuff out there. Houston artists. Uh, how about this? I'll just throw out somebody I recently discovered, even though they might be old to y'all. Pantera. Pantera. Mm-hmm. So you know. Gotta mix it up, bro. I don't, nice. I don't. It don't just gotta be hip hop. Right, right, right. <laughs> just gotta be hip hop. You ain't just gonna paint me in a corner. You gotta have broad musical uh, influence. Let me ask you this: uh, Your favorite dream car? A dream? You have a dream car? Maybe a goal you want to get to mm-hmm. in life? Yeah. Um, shit, I'm kind of a family man, bro. So it's gotta be like. Like maybe like a, a hooked up sprinter, like just something like travel, like a spring break. The kids have mm. space, you know. Nice that, that kind of vibe. I'm like a big badass minivan. That's you. I'm old, bro. That's Some you. people be like convertibles and sports cars yeah. and stuff like that, like two door jeeps. No, 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 no. Give me a pinche minivan, compadre. <laughs> All right, uh, mamalona van. The mamalona van. <laughs> Favorite drink. Uh, Tehuacan mineral water is delicious. Uh, um, man, he's a hardcore. I guess I like coffee, bro. Coffee, coffee, mm-hmm. tequila, coffee, tequila. Yeah, I like tequila too. Mm-hmm. 
I asked you what you hold on. I asked him what was his what did you want to drink and he didn't say tequila. Well, I mean, I I was gonna bring you a bottle of uh, pie tequila, but it was open container and um it the bottle wasn't full and I didn't want to offend you know, mm. like this boy brother. I got some Don Julio 70. 70? Oh shit. Okay. I'm on an empty stomach, but uh maybe I'll take me a little Yeah, never mind, never mind. <laughs> uh so did I say a hundred K in cash or five Bitcoin? Oh wow. Man, how much Bitcoin going for per, it's, per man, it's like at twenty seven right now. Dropped kinda, that much. It kinda huh? went up though. But it was like at sixty seven at one point. Right? It was, but it went down to like eighteen. So it's probably like about twenty seven right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll take the Bitcoin. Cause right. the dollar, man, that's one of the weakest things out. I I'll take cata- motherfucker, pay me in catalytic metals. <laughs> Is it a pay me in yen? Yeah, <laughs> the Chinese the currency. Yeah, I think they. Uh, I forget the name of their currency. It's not yen though. I think that's Japan. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the uh, the the Chinese one is like R B R B D R P. I think their digital is yuan, but uh, it's R. What is it? You want to take R and B R and B R and B big da. You want to take pesos? Hell no. <laughs> Talk about your currency ain't worth nothing, bro. It takes about 12 pesos to make one dollar, and the dollar's so raggedy right now. You're witnessing the death of the petrodollar. <laughs> oh, my get, God. Get you some precious metals, man. Precious metals. Mm-hmm. Gold. So would you get gold? You get gold or silver? You know what? I'm not an expert on that subject. I don't know why silver would be better to get than gold. Mm-hmm. You probably know more about that than I do. Currencies and fiat. So gold. I'm guessing gold, man. Bling bling, big dog. Bling bling. I mean, you got the gold chain on. I'm talking about, hey, you know, it's catalytics. (laughs) It's made out of (laughs) catalytics. It's made of catalytics. (laughs) All right, so let's get back to the comedy. Mm -hmm. Besides the, besides the Ralph Barbosa's and, you know, who do you see shiny right now in comedy? Uh, My boy Javi Luna just dropped a special. It's called Not for Everybody. And it's on YouTube, and um, he kills it. Um, you said up and coming, right? Noise, people making noise. Mm-hmm. Is that what you said? No, not up and coming. Just anybody. Oh, it's a lot. I mean, Shane Gillis, uh, uh, what's his name? Mark Normand, um, my boy Bryson Brown, right here. He's he's from Austin, but you know he stays out here. Um, I mean Raymond Orta down in the Valley. I mean, Lord have mercy. Um, my boy Ken Flores from Chicago is blowing mm-hmm. up. Uh, he works with a kid named Renee Vaca out of Cali. He's blowing up. I never met him. Um, the comedy game's exciting, bro. I don't know. Is it? Oh man, I love it, dog. It's just, insight. Talk it's, about it. It's just so real to me, bro. Like I feel like a lot of times rappers get caught up in their character, and um, I think uh, Killer Calione said something about that on a Donnie Houston podcast. But like, I agree. It's like. Like, when I got in the rap game, I, I realized it's like wrestling. Mm. I realized it's like wrestling. That's why I said, all right, you know, I'm finna be like Coco Beware. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, you know, my parents really sold the mileage, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to put that in my mix. And, you know, I know how to whip up some tamales. You know, I didn't sell them hoes, too. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, this fits me perfect. And I'm not like a serious gangster type. I mean, I do jujitsu and the stuff like that, but that ain't that ain't necessarily gangster. I'm still a white belt. <laughs> So, you know, I, I ain't no punk is what I'm trying. I ain't no punk, but I ain't no gangster either. Yeah. 
So that was one of the things that when I got in a com in a rap game, everybody was trying to be hard. Mm. At the time when I got in, when I started, two thousand, yeah, when I first really started like approaching, like, man, is this shit gonna work? Like another misconception that I think a lot of times people have about me as a as a rapper, rap artist, is a lot of times people don't understand how it's a Houston thing and it's a Texas thing to do mixtapes and rap on other people's beats. Like that is just a thing. And I'm not saying we invented that, mm -hmm. but that was like huge yeah. out here. Whether it's Screwed Up Click, Swisher House, I mean... DSR out of Dallas. You had Third Degree in San Antonio. You had Charlie Boy and his and his clique out there with DJ Bull. Like you had all these people, like trying to wreck the mic, trying yeah. to freestyle, and and it was a gold mine. Mm -hmm. Like in that golden era of like record stores and CDs and sound waves. R.I.P. I think they got like one location left. Damn. But like I was doing consignment. With Hastings, Fye, I'm picking up checks. You know what I mean? In the beginning, we dropping off at the flea markets, we car shows. You know, uh, Fiesta in San Antonio. Boom, your boy got a backpack. Hey, well, oh, Chingo Bling, what's up? Hey, man, we got CDs, bro. Yeah. But I think people people didn't understand that. Like when people heard of me, sometimes from other states, they didn't really know. They just assumed like, oh, so it's just parodies. Like, oh, you're you're like weird out. I'm like, uh, yes and no. <laughs> like, I was more trying to be like the funny Houston mixtape rap thing. Yeah, where it's yeah. kind of like, if you understand what I just described of like Houston hip hop and rap and what, I mean, rap a lot was like all original beats, but like right. the blueprint, the blueprint of just that independent hustle. And uh, I think a lot of people didn't really get that part they're just like oh so you basically like uh, we're now because you use other people's beats it's like no motherfucker i'm trying to wreck the mic <laughs> i'm really trying to rap <laughs> yeah so any other com any other uh, comedy artists oh comedians com yeah comedians oh man um there's so many cool scenes man um Obviously, oh, San Antonio has a bunch, man. Uh, huh? Let me ask you this: What? How? How do you prep before you go on stage? Is there you have to listen to music? You have, you know you listen to your script, stand up comedy. Yeah. All right. Talk about your prep for sure. That's a great question. Give y'all some game. There's a restaurant on Hopper and Fifty Nine. <laughs> I don't know the name of it. <laughs> I don't, when when he said I'm gonna give us some game, I know it's about yeah. bullshit. <laughs> some cafe de olla. So. So it just depends. Um, sometimes, sometimes I'm flying out the day before. Sometimes I'm flying out the day of. Sometimes I'm driving. But um, just it, so that part kind of varies. Mm -hmm. But like I might, I might review like the previous show because I'll tape record on the audio. I might review like listen to it like one time, um, like on the plane or. Just because, like, I want to cover all my bases and I'm paranoid. Like, I might, I might go to the hotel lobby gym and like get on the treadmill or something and just listen because I'm paranoid that I'm gonna forget something. So, boom, I, I go through that. You ever get anxiety or anything? Nah, not no more. Okay. Nah, not no more, dog. Um, because these jokes work, bro. You know what I'm saying? They working. Uh, so basically, um, so sometimes. 
the best the the best situation when you're doing comedy, bro, is when you're doing a whole weekend because mm. you get to settle in. Like you're in Denver, like now you're just a tourist. Now you're like, man, I gotta hit that one breakfast spot we like and uh, hit the dispensary or like hit the homie up. He's dropping off some shrooms or something, yeah. and, <laughs> and you you kicking it. You might go to a jujitsu gym, drop into a class or get a private lesson, and then. Come home, kill a little bit of time, get ready, shower, get dressed. Boom, now you go to the venue. And the first night is going to be like dress rehearsal. So basically, you're like getting familiar with the wait staff. Um, you've probably already been to that club, so you kind of know the layout and everything. Mm-hmm. But you're just settling in, right? Yeah. Have, make sure your merch is on site. They got it. Boom. Order what you want to eat. Are you Are you sipping on anything or not? And then... The stage part, so much fun, bro. So much fun. With with rap, there's some greats out there that can control the crowd, especially if, like, you rehearse and you got a good DJ and you got strong sound and you got, like, a whole show. You can control the crowd. If you got hit songs, Mm -hmm. where my dogs at? (laughs) You know, this crowd control. Yeah. You know. Uh, Sorry, I thought I heard something. Maybe as you touching on it. Oh, my bad, yeah. Um. But with comedy, I feel like you have more control over the crowd mm. because you're not having to say, now put your hands up. All my single ladies say, ow, now scream. You're not having to command them. Yeah. You're literally just like, yeah, man, so we got this new sponsor, and da, 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 but yesterday, da, 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 and then boom, punchline. Oh, shit, this motherfucker got jokes. And yeah. now it's like a sneeze. It's an yeah. involuntary response. You're making the crowd laugh. And that's just so powerful. And and if you're up there for an hour and you got you got them you got control the you whole got them hooked. Time. You yeah. got control the whole time and, and they're listening and they paying attention and they laughing and it's just like ah it's like an adrenaline rush, bro. Damn. It's like whew. it's like Madison Square Garden. Like you like every putazo, <laughs> like every joke is like a putazo. Paz, body shot. Oh, wait, there's more. Paz, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then you know, especially if you're like a, like a let's just say like a comedian. There's different styles too. Okay. So can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So some. So for example, you might have. Somebody. Oh, hold on. Before you get on that, what 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 do you think when it doesn't hit though? It when you always, don't hit the it always set? hits. <laughs> nah. No, nah, I mean the only sometimes t- it don't. Yeah, it depends on who too. But like with me, the only time these days, the only time is like. Eh, it's not really gonna hit is if it's new mm. it's like a brand new joke mm-hmm. or you you were reaching like you tried something that wasn't really ready to be you, tried you reached too hard or yeah re- you reach a little bit too much and it's like yes I know <laughs> like they didn't really know what you, like there's something wrong yeah and that's the cool thing because you could tinker like an engineer and tweak be like, it and stuff. you could be like Oh, bro, you said it backwards, or like, no, you said the wrong word, or you left out a word, or yeah. you said you said it in the wrong order. All that kind of matters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The timing. They were still laughing. See these kind of mistakes. I don't make no more. They were still laughing, and then you said the the next line, so they didn't even hear what you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was talking about styles. Um. All right. Get get back to the styles. How different styles of so, uh, com- comedy. So there's all kind of different styles. Some people. Or like there's one style called like they call it alternative, like alty, alt, which really was really this is really what it means, bro. This is really what alty means. It basically means 
um, from my experience. Some bullshit. You're just like a like a millennial that ain't funny, and you're just like, yeah. So, um, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. What else? Um, yeah. So, like, or like, there's just like random shit. Like, bro, do you not live a life? Did you just sit, literally, sit in a Dutch Brothers coffee shop and <laughs> and and pull out a pen and paper and think to yourself, wow, I wonder, I wonder what could be funny. Oh, uh, this could be funny. Yeah. It's like, bro, that's not how this works. Yeah, but then you got people like Mike Epps who they bring a different tool set. You know, Cat yeah. Williams got a tool set where like it's physical and there's faces, all these things. Dude, Cat Williams be sweating his ass off. Damn, moving around, moving around, and um, Damn. you know, Mike Epps works the stage. Um, yeah. some comics are very physical. Mm -hmm. Some move a lot. That goes with the joke and. Um, and then some are very like just stand still, like a, a Jim Gaffigan or somebody. They just kind of like and the next joke. It's very like written, very right. specific, proper. Yeah. Um, I mean, even like Tom Segura, he might be like storyteller and stuff like that, but he's not necessarily jumping up and down or nothing like that. So, like I know, a big influence of mine was like Eddie Murphy. Mm. Uh, you know, I grew up watching like Comic View. Def Comedy Jam. I know somebody's out there thinking, like, oh, all the black comedians. Um, right. Basically. <laughs> right. Um, and of course, you that's know. That's a funny one, shit. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, bro, go go watch the brand new uh, Snoop Dogg Presents where he's got D-Ray Davis killing it. Cat Williams on there went on first. You got He ended the whole show with Mike Epps. Um, there's a few other people like Donnell Rowlings, a bunch of mm -hmm. people. And it's just like a good time, and it's just silly and funny. And then you contrast it and put on somebody else's, and there's a lot of elements too, like the way they mix the audio. There's a chingo de cosas. There's a lot of different little things that make it not hit the same. But then you watch another comedian that's not Mike Epps, and they're just like, and then this, and then that, and you could just tell, like, bro, I could just, I could just tell you're reading a script. Yeah. Those are just like, and I'm gonna say this thing and this thing. Like you can tell they're alternative. Uh, not necessarily like, not necessarily alternative. Just like different style. Just mm. I guess they would say like, what's your style? Mine, bro. I mean, some people might think like, oh, it, like if you're from the West Coast, you might think like, like oh, Chingo Bling's a little urban. You know, they might mm. think that just because I'm not like, what's up, eh, or whatever, right? Like, no <laughs> offense, no offense, to people with a Cali accent, but like. I'm not what's up, eh? You know? <laughs> I mean, I might throw some Spanish on your ass, especially if I'm in the RGV. If I'm in the Rio Grande Valley, I could really let loose and just yeah. make, like soup. Because down there, bro, everybody speaks some Spanish, like white boys. Like, nombre, bro, ta guachando ahorita. You call me, carnal. And it's like, damn, uh, Kenneth. <laughs> Shit, Keith. Soccer. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so mine is more like... Uh, uh, I mean, I'm able to do characters too. Like, I'm able to like, depending on what set I'm doing. Mm -hmm. But um, but I I, I think I, I would definitely have to say like, somewhat physical. Some would say urban, but like definitely like a lot of storytelling, self-deprecating and storytelling. So let me ask you this: what what have you learned in the past uh, five years of doing comedy? Mm. Um. A lot, 
A lot, a lot. Uh, I learned that I want to figure out how to work from home more because <laughs> the travel part is annoying. Is that why you do a lot of like uh, sh- uh, clips on Instagram and stuff like that? Um, maybe that's part of the reason, yeah. Because bro, you do a lot. I'm like you do like man. when I open my phone, I'm like, boom, it's Chingabling, boom, it's Canelo, boom, it's this, boom, and I'm like, damn, mm-hmm. like you really put the work in to do that for yeah. real. And my boy, my boy Juan Perez, bro, he's really guiding me, directing me. Uh, we do a lot of podcasting too, but I need to like streamline it so that people really know. So I'm glad you have yours and yours is blowing up because more people get to understand what a podcast is. Mm-hmm. Like I've been podcasting for like a minute. Uh, How long? I forget when we started. It might have been like six years ago. Really? Probably. Um, I got to ask like my wife or somebody. That's some, like that's, five easy. That's awesome though. It's just, it, but it's sometimes hard to get the word out because like, YouTube shorts, that just became a thing. Yeah. And then you really got to get on that. So you got to make sure your team is on the same page. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, we got to edit these. Yep. Like, this is where the eyeballs are. This is what the algorithm is pushing. And we over here thinking we could just upload a uh, two-hour conversation on Spotify and everyone's yep. supposed to discover it. Can you can you talk about, like, uh, because obviously you've been doing podcasts for six years and you've seen, like, podcasts come up all the time new maybe um up and coming podcasts you know i consider myself up and coming podcast because i've been doing it for like a year and some months but like you really i feel like people don't know like you really have to put the work in oh yeah and you really have to want to do a podcast you know Mm -hmm. because when i first started doing the podcast i just wanted to have convos with people to network with people Mm -hmm. i didn't even think about like clips I didn't think about like maybe getting promotion, getting roasted, in advertising, the comments. Sco- scholarship. <laughs> What'd you say? Getting roasted in the comments. Yeah, you, yeah. I didn't even think about you that. You consider that part? Yeah, I didn't think about none of that. And then like as I started going, I started like learning. Okay, I need this type of setup. I want this setup. I want that. You know, I want this just to make the podcast better. You know, I want quality. Mm. I want angles. You know what I mean? Yeah. So tell. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, in a way that it's good that there's barriers because it's gonna make the cream rise to the top. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot that goes with it. Uh, and like I was telling you, I got burnt out just on my political podcast because I felt like, like bro, we're, we're wasting our time. Like don't yeah. nobody even don't nobody even know. They don't care. They don't pay attention. They're just like, it's gonna be World War Three, and then maybe they might start paying yeah. attention. <laughs> Spotify numbers blow up or something. <laughs> yeah, maybe then they'll be, I'll be like, "Hey man, I try to warn y'all. Y'all call me a sellout." Yeah. Um so yeah, it's a it's a there's a lot there's a lot that goes into it. You got to be consistent. Oh man. Um there's a lot of first of all like we're on uh Rockfin, Rumble, like all these different things you got to upload to and it's just like a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And then depending on what all you got going on, it could be very expensive. Yeah. Like, very expensive. Like, some people, uh, shit, up until recently, it was just, like, not profit. It was just, like, costing me money. Yeah. It was, like, costing me money month after month after Same here. Month to podcast. <laughs> Same here, yeah. Yeah, so I hope y'all appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because you seem like podcasts, right? You see them, like, start a podcast and people, I mean, yeah, I mean. They fall off or what? No, not that they fall off, but like they get the mic, they get you know the little recorder, right? They let the camera phone or whatever. 
I'm like, oh, let's start a podcast, but that shit takes work, bro. You know? Yeah. yeah. Like if it, if it's if it's um a music artist or anybody, you know. I mean, I, I, I you know what I've seen lately too. I've seen a lot of brands doing podcasts. Brands, like, give me an example. Like, for example, like Inaka Power, Inaka brand. Who? What is that? That's a, it's a clothing brand. Oh, okay. So they'll start a podcast mm-hmm. because they'll drive like, I don't, I don't know what their marketing is for that, but I'll see like um or, uh, fucking like a supplement brand. Uh, they'll they'll start a podcast. You know, like it's like a side of marketing or whatever. Yeah, that's how it is these days, man. You yeah. know, it's like I heard a quote. And and I'll leave y'all with this because uh, I got a little drive. Cool. But um, I heard a quote that was like, um, like these days, you have to see your whether you're a plumber, electrician, it don't matter what you are, you have to see yourself as like a content creator who does taxes, or a content creator who does plumbing, or a content creator that sells tacos, or a content creator that that X, mm-hmm. right? Only because like. Like, even if somebody just was trying to just sell Café de Olla or 59 mm-hmm. and Hopper, like, it's like, okay, well, how are we supposed to know that not not to go to Dutch Brothers and go to you? Or, like, you know there's Dunkin' Donuts on every corner. Like, how we why are we supposed to even know that you're even here? Yeah. It's like, you got it. Tienen TikTok? You know, like, panaderias now, dog. Like, oh, my. <laughs> panaderias got to have their Instagram game. Like, yeah. I mean, that's like a whole career that... Like people that do like social media management or marketing and all that, to be able to help companies be Googleable yep. or or SEO optimized search engine and your keywords and oh man, uh, yep. your your sales vehicle and <clears throat> like there's people that like like the like surgeons, uh, dentists, uh, the BBL surgeons, like they all got to have a, a pinch of Snapchat and it's like oh follow me for more tips. Yep. So, last question: What do you have to say to the world? Maybe, maybe you want to give advice or anything to them. Oh, damn! To the whole world. Boom. <laughs> to the entire world. To the, uh, <laughs> uh, to the Houstonians. Yeah, go stream some Chingo Bling. Uh, <laughs> man, just dream big, man. Believe in yourself. Dream big. You know. Um, I mean, one of the rules of comedy is attitude, energy, confidence, and I feel like you could apply that to pretty much anything. To life. Yes, sir. Boom. Hey, thank you for tuning in to Go Hard Podcast. Make sure you check out Go Hard Podcast on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Shorts. And don't forget to check out Chingo's Blings, uh, YouTube, Instagram, every all the platforms, right? All the audio, too. Yeah. And uh, and I'm on tour. Uh, I'm probably coming to a city near you. We're hitting a bunch of cities. Uh, too many to list. But uh, that's all on my website, chingobling.com. Uh, stream my music. Just hop on Spotify or iTunes. Type in my name, even though it's censored because chingo is a bad word to some. <laughs> um, and I'm all over social media. So, yeah, let's get it. Hey, And if you're in Houston, he has to... A date coming up, right? A for sure date coming up, right? Yeah. Uh, it's go- I'm going to be at the House of Blues in Houston uh, this year. Um, right now, the date is June 16th, but stand by. Okay. Stand, stand by. Stand by. Stand by. Stand by. So, one, uh, one last question. What did you think about the podcast? What did you think about the uh, the whole shebang? Oh, man, it's great, brother. Uh, I appreciate you having me on. And, uh, and I know I'm going to reach a whole lot of other people that probably never even heard of me. Yeah. So I appreciate it, bro. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Peace. Peace.